in morning we shall meet him in the now we shall rise oh we shall rise and be carried up to glory to our home so bright and now we shall rise oh we shall rise we shall rise we shall amen we shall rise in that resurrection morn when death prison bars up now we shall rise oh we shall rise We shall rise because Jesus rose. And the prelude to rising in the resurrection is rising up church today. Rising up in the Lord. We are thankful that you are here this morning. We praise God for your, your presence. We thank you for those who are visiting. We praise God for your attendance this morning. Let's go to God in prayer, please. A magnificent, most awesome, holy, and precious God, hallowed be your great and amazing name. We praise you. We love you. We thank you. We ask, Lord God, that you will bless us through this worship, that you will guide our hearts and our minds into truth, that you will open our hearts and our minds to understanding that we might, Lord God, surrender to you and do your will. Thank you for your great blessings, for your compassion, And for yet this day, another day, in Jesus' holy and precious name, we pray and give thee thanks, but be thy will. Amen. Please turn to Acts chapter 4. Rise up, men, rise up, church. How about prayer? The prayer that we know that we cannot live without. For if we live without prayer, we, we fail. And I encourage each of us to continue to offer up meaningful and purposeful, as well as challenging prayers to the Lord on behalf of the saints that we might rise as a congregation, bringing glory and honor to God. When we rise up in unity and humility, Satan weakens. And that's what we want. We want Satan to grow weak as through faith and trust in God as we grow stronger. So this is what God has done for us. He has given us a powerful name. Acts chapter 4 and verse 12. He's given us a powerful name that we can be proud in as a Christian, as a child of God, the name of Jesus, just Jesus Christ in itself. It gives us, if you will, the encouragement and the understanding that we have a reason and a purpose for our life. And there is salvation, the Bible says, and no other, no one else. For there's no other name. There's none. There's no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. There is no other. This is it. 
And we can be proud in that name. Turn to Isaiah chapter 56, please. We can be proud to be Christians, children of God, wearing that name as a badge of honor because of the great resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because we are children of our great God. Verse 5 of Isaiah chapter 56, the verse says, To them I will give in my house and within my walls a memorial and a name better than that of sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name which will not be cut off. First Timothy chapter 3. What's amazing is, you think about the prophecy. Here the prophecy comes. And here we are. So many years later, and the name stands. And here we are standing in the grace of God. And here we are standing because of the prophetic message and the power of our great and amazing God. In that name, we must possess a unity of heart. In that name, in God's house, we are united as believers in Jesus Christ. Paul gives instruction in verse 15 of 1 Timothy chapter 3. But in case I am delayed, I write so that you may know how one ought to conduct himself in the household of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and support of truth. The power of unity, the power of the house of God. We are his children. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, please. We are his children, and in that we are proud. We are proud to be children of God, because in the end, we rise, church. We rise to go to heaven, to be with our great God. And while we're alive on this earth, we must rise up, church, and do the will of God and be the people that God expects of us to be. Verse 10 says, Now I exhort you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all agree, and there be no divisions among you, but you be made complete in the same mind and in the same judgment. I've heard this verse argued over and over again. Oh, we can never all believe the same things. We sure can work at it, though. Right? Every day working at trying to ensure that we stand for the name of Jesus Christ and we're united in faith and we're united in unity and we're united in prayer in relationship with each other. Ephesians chapter 3. Our prayer to God is for our strength. Our prayer to God is for Him to give us the ability to rise up. To rise up together, united. To rise up together, moving forward, fighting against our own individual struggles. Fighting against our own individual self. Because it's self that gets in the way. Unity. Ephesians 3 in verse 14. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father. From whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. And that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man. Strength. That God would give us the strength to fight one more day. That God would give us 
in the inner man the strength to stay faithful one more day. And the strength, thank God, it doesn't come from us. It comes from Him. It comes from the God of the universe who created all. Ephesians 2, verse 8 and verse following all the way through verse 10. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not as a result of works that no one should boast, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God has given us this strength. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. He has given us a strength, and the strength that comes from God has granted to us even the ability to stay humble. To stay faithful. To stay true. My faith, it fails. My ability weakens. My power fades away. My ability also diminishes over time. But God has given us this amazing strength. And today, maybe you might say, today I am not as strong as I would like to be. Hold on until tomorrow. Because listen to what the Bible says in verse 16 of 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Therefore we do not lose heart, but though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. Don't qualify your faith in God with today. If it was weak today, don't say, well, for this reason I just need not continue in the Lord or I should give up. No, hang on for tomorrow. And every day you think about the day that we're living in and then hold on for tomorrow. For every day God is giving us a renewed strength and an energy that is beyond compare. Chapter 12, 2 Corinthians. When the Apostle Paul had the thorn in the flesh, remember what he said as he entreated the Lord and he asked God to take it away or remove it. Concerning this, verse 8. I entreated the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I would rather boast about my weakness that the power of Christ may dwell in me. And notice it doesn't say weakness singular, but weaknesses. We can all admit that we have weaknesses. Plural. We may have one strength or maybe two, but we glorify God in our weaknesses. And then it goes on in verse 10 to say, Therefore I am well content with weaknesses, with insults, with distress, with persecution, with difficulties, for Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then I am strong. That's kind of the opposite, isn't it? Colossians chapter 1, please. That's kind of the opposite of what you think. You think, no, 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 where I am strong, for then I am strong. Actually, the Bible says it's when we're weak that we are strong. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Church, we rise because God has done something. He has not only renewed us every day. He has not only united us together, but he has also qualified us. Normally you think of qualification, you have to go out and take a test or do something uh, extreme of some sort, whether it be in athletics or whatever it may be. But Jesus has qualified us because of his great mercy and his grace. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 9. 
For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that you may walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for the attaining of all steadfastness and patiently or patience joyously giving thanks to the father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light god has qualified me wow Turn to Isaiah chapter 40. That's exciting. To know that I'm qualified. Think about, if you, if you will, it's the idea of being accepted. It's the idea of being a part. It's the idea of being a winner. God has qualified us. Verse 28, Isaiah 40. Do you not know? Have you not heard The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not become weary or tired. His understanding is inscrutable. He gives strength to the weary, and to him who lacks might, he increases power. Though youths grow weary and tired, and vigorous young men stumble badly, yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary because Jesus Christ has qualified us because of his grace. Turn back to Ephesians, please, chapter 3. How wonderful it is to be a child of God. Church, we have to rise up because of who we are. Because God has placed us in his body and he's given us a name that's better than any other name. And there's no other name that's given among men by which we must be saved. It's that name of Jesus Christ. And we have Jesus dwelling within our hearts. And thank you, God, for that. Church, rise up and be excited about Jesus Christ and the name of the church of Christ, the name of a Christian. That's who we are. And thank you, God, for that. Rise up, church, for the purpose of being rooted and grounded in love. Let the people see the love that we have for each other. Let the people see the love that we have for our God. Verse 17 of Ephesians chapter 3. Let them see it. For that's how they'll know that we're Christians. Verse 17 says, So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length in height, in depth, and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. That's a mouthful, isn't it? Turn to Romans chapter 11. 
the idea that to understand, the idea that we can understand the depth of the love of God to a certain extent. Obviously, it's kind of interesting, that passage. You wonder, how in the world could we ever understand the depth of the, and the, and the width and the breadth and the height and the power of God's love? It's so deep and so wide. We get lost in it. Church, I encourage you to get lost in that love of Christ. Not only for God himself, but that love of Christ for each other. Get lost in that love. Try to understand to the best of your ability, Lord, what is it about me that makes you love me so much? Romans 11 and verse 33. Try to get involved in the depth of God, that knowledge of God. Looking at the scriptures and looking at life and appraising all things spiritually. In verse 33, oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and unfathomable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord or who became his counselor or who has first given to him that it might be paid back to him again? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. Ephesians chapter 4. The depth of his love, church. Rise up in love. The depth of his love and the power of that grace. That powerful ability that he... He puts inside of us to overcome and to overcome through unity is absolutely amazing. It's incredible. It is such a gift that God has given to us. His grace is immeasurable to thank God continually for the mercy and the magnificent grace that he has for our church. Can you just believe that? It's in the Bible. God promises to love us and he promises to carry us on. But church, we have to rise up. Because here's what God has done. He's perfected us. I know, you're saying, well, I'm, 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 I'm not perfect. By <laughs> I know. But he's perfected us and he's given us the ability to do things that you never thought you could in Christ. Well, for example, verse 10. He who descended is himself also who ascended far above all the heavens. That he might fill all things. And he gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers. Are you a part of that some? Before you say no, give God a chance. Give God a chance. You never know unless you try. You never know unless you try. He goes on to say in verse 12, the purpose For the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ. You an elder? A deacon? Are you willing to rise up and and do something for the Lord? Whether it be in in youth ministry, whether, whether whether it be in service or whatever it may be. Are you willing to rise up and say, church, put me on the list. I want to try something new. Are you willing to to sit under the feet of someone else 
who's done this and learn. Church, God is calling us to rise up until, verse 13, we all attain to the unity of the faith, of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. As a result, it's not just love, brethren, that we're to stand in. As a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming, but speaking the truth in love. We ought to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ. Church, God is calling us, every one of us, individually and collectively. Verse 16 says, From whom the whole body, being fitted and held together by that which every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building of itself in love. Church, here's a question. If one of your joints is not working properly, how do you feel? Well, you see, when the church individually, when we're not all doing our part, that's how it feels. Every individual member of the body of Christ, each one of us, are equally important. Every one. Every one. And there's not one person in the body of Christ that is not important to God and to the body itself as we build each other up in love in the inner workings of faith in Christ Jesus. Verse 1 of Ephesians chapter 4. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, entreat you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called. Can I really honestly say this morning that I'm walking in a manner worthy of the calling with which I've been called? Can I honestly say that this morning? With all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing forbearance to one another in love, being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. There's one body and one Spirit as you are called and one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in you all. Am I living proudly because God dwells in me? Church, we have to rise up. Ephesians 3 verse 20. We rise up not because of our own ability, but because of our God who is able. In verse 20 it says, now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in, in the church and in Christ Jesus, to all generations forever and ever. Amen. I ask you that question again. Turn to Matthew chapter 19 this morning. Are you a teacher? Are you an elder? Are you a deacon? Are you a servant? Are you a youth leader? What, what are you in the Lord's body? And before you answer the question, remember he who is able. Remember the God who will work in you 
Remember the God who's perfected us. Remember the God who has qualified us. Remember the God who is working in us to accomplish his very will. Some of you might say, well, in order for me to be a teacher, it must be 80 degrees in Alaska in January. And you say, that's not going to happen. And I'd say, well, maybe it's never going to be 80 degrees in Alaska. Maybe. But I'll challenge you, maybe at one time it was 80 degrees in Alaska. And there are all palm trees out there under the ground, you know. Don't give up on God. Don't, don't limit, do not limit God and say, God, God can't do this. There's no way that God can turn me into a preacher, a teacher, or whatever it may be. Verse 24. Jesus is talking about, you know, the, the whole subject of the rich young ruler and, and, the, and the rich young ruler has, a, has his own issue. This is his own personal issue. But Jesus, if you will, he says in verse 24, I just want to pick up right there. Again, I say to you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. He didn't say it was impossible. He just said it was easier. Verse 25. And when the disciples heard this, they were very astonished and said, then, then who can be saved? See, they left the context of the rich man. They thought about the eye of a needle and a camel. And they said, well, wait a minute, Lord. Who can be saved? And the answer that Jesus gives is so incredibly astonishing. If it doesn't increase your faith, I don't know what will. And looking upon them, verse 26, Jesus said to them, With men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. So when you say, church, when you say, I can't do this, I do not have the ability or whatever it may be, I cannot do this, I say to you, with you, with me, yeah, it's impossible. Tony Cloud's a preacher, impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Do not give up on God. We're going to close in Romans chapter 8. For nothing will be impossible for God. Nothing. Do you believe that, church? We rise, and as we rise, and as we have our faith and our confidence in God, as we grow in our faith, just the faith of a mustard seed, brethren. Little teeny mustard seed. As you grow in your faith in God, watch God work in your lives. Just give Him a chance. Give God an opportunity to work in your lives. You think about the end of this. You know, Romans 8 is an amazing passage. It's amazing scripture. It, it talks about the lost and the saved and being creatures of futility and the struggle we have in prayer and the weaknesses that we have. And it goes on and continues to encourage us. And then, you know, what shall we say then? You know, how in the world are we going to be saved? And it closes in verse 37. But in all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. But if you go back and you look at Romans chapter 8, it talks about those who are living in the flesh and, and not of the spirit and those who are creatures of futility and those who are struggling in their faith. And, and then he goes on to say in, and in verse 37, but in all these things, though we have weaknesses, 
we overwhelmingly conquer, not because of self, but because of Jesus. Isn't that great? You can say amen to that one. It's because of Jesus that we overwhelmingly conquer. And what happens to us is we get so stuck in self, even in the negative, where we say, I can't do it. Brother, and I encourage you, you can. You can if you will just trust in the Lord and give God a chance. For I am convinced, as the Bible says in verse 38, that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And part of the love of God is saving souls and is saving our souls. And God loves us so very much that he's equipped us to service. This morning, will you answer the call of God? Now, for the alien sinner, for someone who's outside of Christ, the call of God is to come to Christ. To surrender to him in the waters of baptism. To confess his name in the presence of witnesses. To have repentance in your heart. That's to those who are outside of Christ, to believe his word, to believe in God. To the Christian, it's to believe in God. Walk in faith. And this morning, if you've struggled in your faith, if there's anything we can do to help you in any way, please make it known while together we stand and sing. Church, why don't you come? When I see my gracious Savior face to face when all is done, is that 